0: And the core, core, deepest foundation of it is this sort of speaking, listening, mindful positioning of the heart. Why I'm particularly feeling so connected to doing it right here and on this land is because it's known as an indigenous tool. It's it's an indigenous ceremony, we'll call it that. Because it is very ceremonial, and a lot of times that I've done it, we've made it incredibly sacred. And for certain populations of kids, connecting to the sacredness of land and maybe ancient peoples is is very healing, um, especially if you're dealing with any populations, um, any sort of maybe Mexican or border populations that... Uh, have a deep connection to this land maybe being taken from them to really honor um, sort of the tribal existence of the lands that we are spending time on everywhere across this country. So sometimes I find when I go into schools, they don't want to have a sort of metaphysical, you know, um, unicorns and crystals type of experience, but they really connect to feeling this core, root, deep, indigenous, tribal experience. So this is the history of this. You know, imagine, imagine before we had televisions, before we had computers, before we had anything to plug into, people sat around fire, and they talked, and they shared, they told stories, um... They, they problem solved. That's where the leaders of the tribes would go to talk out politics. You know, and we've lost so much of that circling up and being together and listening. So this is a way to get to reinvent and do that again. If we could have, it would have been really amazing to have done a fire outside and really have had that experience. But. You can hear the, (laughs) I can hear the thunder now. And it would have been maybe too hard for us all to hear each other outside. But it's really beautiful to do around a fire if you can. Um, But for the purposes of, of here, lighting a candle is an integral part. If you can, some institutions you can't light fires or candles. But if you can... Move forward a little bit. Not moving back. I promise. Um, The fire is an integral part of, of of there being a center, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the center. First, I want to talk about the form. Setting the space is a big part of of council, and so it's always done in circle. There's no hierarchy in council. Even the facilitator is obviously one who's setting a tone and who's setting certain prompts, but the facilitator is as equal as anyone else in the circle. And this is a big part and reason as to why it's important. Um, Tiffany, I'm going to ask you to put that down for now, okay? Why it's important to um, be able to see everybody's face. Because you all have experienced kids that hide, Kids that sit in the back, you know, that really don't participate so much. And this is an opportunity for everybody to be seen and to come forward. And I've seen some of the shyest, most introverted, or most rebellious kids really just blossom in council. So circle, setting the space, really important circle. I always tend to let the tribe build the centerpiece. I'll start it, you know, I, like I brought the flowers, I went and got the wild flowers from the candle today, and then letting your tribe, whoever they are, build it themselves, and sometimes it's cell phones, and, um, you know, pads and pencils, and it's whatever they want to bring and put in there, poetry sometimes, and, and it's kind of amazing, because then it feels like it's theirs, it's their sacred space. Um. <clears throat> It doesn't have to be like this. We happen to be in a lodge. There ha- happens to be all these natural elements. Sometimes, as we know in institutions, it's not going to feel like this. It's going to be, you know, maybe some metal folding chairs around a really dirty, you know, <laughs> rug. <laughs> and um, it might be overlit with fluorescence and all that stuff. But there's something about coming in circle and at least the intention of this being a sacred space that literally changes the mood. One of the things I like to think about is um, when we think about the nomadic tribes that walked the lands and, and still do, they have this really beautiful tradition where wherever that staff is placed, maybe the tribal leader, wherever that staff is placed is the center of their universe. That becomes the center of the world to that tribe, right? And so one of the things that we use in council is a talking piece. And that talking piece acts as that staff in the center of the world. Whoever is holding that piece is our center of the universe. They are who all focus and attention goes to. And they get to be heard deeply. And again, for some kids, maybe for the first time ever, We've all been in that experience where we're talking and sharing something really important and you can tell the person's not listening. Or they're already talking over you, you know, or they're kind of looking around and there's something so important you want to share. And it's really disheartening. It's actually quite heartbreaking. And I think a lot of kids learn just not to share with adults because they don't, the adults tend to want to give a, you know, Tell them how to do it better, interrupt, <laughs> change it, whatever we want for our agenda. So this is an opportunity for people to talk and not be disrupted. There's no cross-talking counsel. There's no conversation or dialoguing. It's one person talking, one person only, when they're holding the talking piece. So how, how to me, it feels like a mindfulness Experience is a. People are sitting still. We're sitting still for you know. There's only thirty of you, huh? Thirty of you here, <laughs> hoping we're just off on our count. Um, <clears throat> and there are four rules to counsel, four core rules, and then I add a fifth one. The first one is um, speaking from the heart. So. There's typically a prompt question when counsel is done. And so it's an opportunity to just share your response to the prompt. Now, oftentimes we want to rehearse what we're going to say. We want to be funny. We want to be smart. We want it to be perfect. We want it to be just right. But if we're doing that, then we're not doing the second rule, which is listening from the heart. If we are truly listening to somebody, we're not also thinking and planning what we're going to say. When we're truly listening to somebody, that's all that we're doing. And we might be having a mindful experience when we're listening. Maybe there'll be some a fluttering of the heart. Maybe they'll say something that rings true to you. Maybe they'll say something that you're like, wow, they really got that wrong. You know, we're going to have opinions and judgments going on in our heads when people talk. Pay attention to that. Really watch how, just when somebody's speaking and sharing their truth, how activated we can get. So, really, just allowing somebody to speak and deeply listening. The third one is being spontaneous. So, that ties in with the first one and the second one. If we're really, truly, deeply listening from the heart, we're not planning what we're going to say, and we're going to be totally spontaneous. So when it's your turn, let yourself see what comes out. A, what somebody's going to say something, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 me too, me too, me too, right? And then by the time three more people go, you've probably already forgotten that completely, and something else has come to the mind. And then maybe that goes, and then something else pops in. So by not planning and letting yourself be completely spontaneous, you might learn something about yourself. You know, you might surprise yourself about what comes out, and then being really gentle and careful not to judge what came out. In a lot of the teen groups that I work in, this one kid on the last teen retreat, he said he had a sharing hangover. At <laughs> least there were things he he felt so in the moment and excited, and you know, and then after just that voice going, "Oh, why did I say that? I said that that was too," you know. So obviously using your wisdom here, not to have to have a sharing hangover, but seeing how much you can just speak from the heart and share of yourself and not need to be any way about it. Right? And then the last one, how counsel calls it is being lean. So when when in a big group, we can't take up too much air time, right? Because we are we are in a process together. We want to give everybody the opportunity to share. Um, And so being lean is very important. One of my rules of counsel when I teach counsel is I don't let anybody pass. Plenty of counsel facilitators do, I don't. it's and, it, and I feel like it's worked that well for me because of the, of the quiet kids who are so used to not sharing and letting those super chatty kids take up all the time, then we get caught in those dynamics still even in <coughs> counsel. So with the being lean rule for the chatty people and with the everybody at least says one word, like I just want to hear one thing come out of someone's mouth, then that way everybody is heard. And I've had many years where by the end of my, you know, if I'm doing eight weeks with a group or something, the most shy of kids are really sharing and because they're not being interrupted and they're not being judged and they're feeling safe and it's really good. And so the fifth rule um, that I came out with, um, well, it's not only me, but is confidentiality. And that again is to hold the safety of the container. What is said in this circle stays in this circle. It's an agreement that I make everybody make. And people will get in trouble if I hear (laughs) otherwise. (laughs) They'll have to come to the council and talk about it. Um, But it's very, very important so that people really do feel like they can speak from the heart. So all of these things really depend upon and feed upon and count on each other. And what's it like to sit and deeply listen, which I'm going to get into a little bit more on the second half of the afternoon. Deeply listening to people without needing to do or say anything about it. Just hearing somebody's story. It's such a generous, generous gift to give to somebody to listen to them. Not need to change them or fix them. So that's what we're going to do here today. Um, I think that's all I'm going to say about it so that we do have time to do it. One of the things where counsel now begins is somebody lights the candle and sets an intention for the counsel. So I'm just going to let whoever feels called to do that. Um, come forward, light the candle, and out loud, uh, set an intention. Um, openness. Beautiful. Thank you. <clears throat> so, um, the prompt here is to tell us a little bit about your sit-stay, what you'd like to share. We have approximately two minutes each, but we're not timing it, but just a felt sense of what two minutes feels like. And we're going to do something called popcorn style. And popcorn style just means when you feel ready to pop, you can come and pick up a talking piece, go back to your seat, speak, and then put the talking piece back. And the next person can go. And we'll keep going like that. I'm going to say there's a couple of fragile objects there. The the nest and the handmade object... Um, so if you do pick those then please be very very gentle um, and probably the feathers too uh, but that's how we're going to go and it will be whoever wants to go as they feel called but like I said everybody will go <laughs> except for Aaron and I we didn't do this exactly.